Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 254 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Stacy Johnson. Stacy lives in Aurora, Oregon, where she is a purchasing manager for a manufacturing company. Welcome, Stacy. Thank you. Glad to be here. Well, you know, I bet that's been a difficult job lately with the supply chain issues. Has it been awful? I've been doing this for 30 years. I've never seen anything quite like our supply chain situation, global supply chain situation right now. It's absolutely nuts. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I hope we get some get some relief there, but probably no one hopes that more than a purchasing manager for a company. It's crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. Things you thought you knew, you don't know anymore. Right. Well, anyway, let's do some talking about fasting. You know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? So 
long story, just like everybody else, right? I think I've got 50 years of history that, that mm-hmm. led up to it. In May of 19, a friend of mine had been posting about how he had been losing all this weight and how he was feeling so great. And so I sent him a, a, an IM on Facebook and asked him what he was doing. And he sent me a clip to a YouTube video that was not Dr. Fung. It was not you. It was not any of the names that we know. It was one of those little other little ones. And right. I listened to it and I was like... That's nuts. I'm, I have no, I like to, eat. I'm not doing that. So off I went on my merry way, fat and not happy. And it was in August of 2019, I saw a Facebook post by someone that was frustrated with their weight. It was in a travel site and she was frustrated about not being able to fit in a seat. And she wasn't looking for moral support. She was just frustrated. And somebody said, you should read the obesity code by, by Jason Fung. And I thought, well, that's rude. <laughs> like the title, I was like, that's a horrible Oh, I don't, that is a little harsh, right? Yeah. But then I was like, well, let me just see what it is. And so I looked it up and I was like, oh, I'll give it a read. So I ordered it and I read it and I read it in about three or four days and just got angry. Just angry. So for background, my, my degree is in exercise and sports science. I almost have a minor in nutrition. We didn't have at Oregon State, they actually didn't offer the minor in nutrition at the time, but I think I took every nutrition class I could. I was fascinated by not just calories in, calories out and the exercise side of it, but how different nutrition affected our lives. And and yeah. I was I was super interested in it because I had been heavy literally since I came out of the womb. I was a fat chubby baby. I was a chunky toddler, but I was always active. But I was, I always carried extra weight, literally from the very beginning. So I was just wanted to learn everything that the AMA could possibly teach me, right? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, sure, give me all the information. I studied and I tried all the fad diets. I studied and I tried all the non-fad diets, right? Just straight calorie counting, exercise more, less food, yada, yada, yada. And I lost and regained the same 50 pounds over and over, effectively destroying my metabolism and my endocrine system, which I didn't know that I was destroying at the same time for 40 years. See, that's the part that really does make you mad. You're right. When you said that you read the obesity code and it made you mad, I remember feeling that exact same way. Mad, but also some relief, right? It was totally enlightening. Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, no wonder all these things I tried to do didn't work. Oh, you know, I was drinking all those diet sodas. I was constantly, you know, had something like that going into my body. I remember those, those like zero, Powerade Zero or whatever those things Mm -hmm. are, the chemical concoctions, but you're dieting. So you think it's helping you and. Oh, I was addicted to Diet Coke. Oh, yeah. Addicted. I've been addicted. Oh, Diet Coke was – I was addicted to that for part of the time. So part of the time, it was Diet Mountain Dew, which is even worse. That's – you know, but it was always something. The McDonald's straw and the McDonald's mix on their sodas is heaven sent for those who have that addiction. There is – they actually have a patented mix. I found this out because I was wow. like, why is McDonald's Diet Coke so much better than anybody else's Diet Coke? And I actually ran into, I was in Mexico or something and ran into an executive with McDonald's and he was like, yep. He says, there's a patent on that mix. 
okay. in terms of the amount of bubbles, the amount of syrup, the amount of water, and then they have those fat straws. It's like mainlining right, that it. Right, gets it to you. Okay, that is so funny because I believe it. There's so much that goes into all of this that we don't even know behind the scenes, but they're trying to get you addicted. That yep. made me think of my grandmother. I remember going with her to the hair salon or running errands around town, whatever we would do, you know, and she would drive through McDonald's and get a McDonald's Diet Coke and and keep it beside her all day long. My best friend was waiting for me after I gave birth to my son because I had to give it up when I was pregnant, right? right? I was on labor and delivery on bed rest for four weeks before I had him. He was in the NICU for seven weeks after that. I was coming out of a medically induced coma and she is standing there with a cold kind of dripping cup of Diet Coke. (laughs) That's how significant it was. Like I wanted that. Well, <laughs> and you know, and then we we can we can feel mad, but also relief, like we said, because how do you fight against an industry where they have engineered the, the most addictive version of it and given yep. you a big old straw to <laughs> drink it out of? I don't know. Exactly. Oh, oh exactly. goodness. So, so anyway, you had, you had lost and regained those same pounds over and over again, over and over, and then and to make it worse, after I read the obesity code, I had been coaching and teaching others whether because I as a certified athletic trainer that's actually sports medicine so rehab and emergency sports medicine stuff like that but I also did personal training on the side so I was I was teaching people the same garbage that had been Mm -hmm. taught to me and thought I knew what I was talking about and you know it was I, I knew what was supposed to happen but I could never make it stick and come to find out through a whole lot of labs and testing and and intuition and now three years of intermittent fasting the reason it would never stick is my personal superpower is insulin release and insulin resistance. Ah. Like, give me a cape. Insulin. I, yeah. I, when I look back at what I looked like as a child, I've been insulin See, I believe it. from the beginning. I believe, you know, I, I've talked about before, you know, the normal distribution curve. We call that also the bell mm-hmm. curve. Everything about us is on that curve. And some of us are on either end in certain ways. There are people who are probably hyper secretors of insulin, which means their bodies naturally secrete more. And those are the people who are going to have trouble with their weight from an earlier age because their bodies just are naturally better at storing versus there's Chad over there looking like a string bean always has. And it's not because he's the superpower of just eating, right? I think right. he's on the low side of that, that curve. Yeah. And, and we, it's just, it's, those are the cards you're dealt. Yeah. And it's, understanding the cards. Mm -hmm. Now, if somebody would have explained to me the cards and shown me when I was 20, it's like, oh, that's science. That makes sense. I can follow that. I can figure that out. And I wouldn't have had the next 34 years of drama with my weight, but, but they didn't. And I've learned it now. So if only getting a a fasted insulin test was like super easy for everybody. And and if only it was like standard of care, like, all right, let's give you a fasted insulin test and see, oh, it's 40. Oh, that's not good. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Or, oh, it's seven. That's not fabulous, but it's not terrible, you know? Yeah. Well, and I found out we can get into this later, but I've, I've found out that even when I am in really a pretty good place, as far as what I'm eating, I mean, I've been following a fasting window now for over three years, but when I'm in a good place as far as what, I, what I'm eating, my fasted insulin is still high. It's like mm-hmm. 14, 15. And right. I, so my goal is to get it down. Obviously, I, I keep working to get it down, but just being aware mm-hmm. that I'm in this quote unquote normal range, but it is certainly not oh, that's not, it's no, not that's where not. I want it. No, it's horrible. No, you really want it to be five or below. Yeah. 
You really, really do. Yeah. And so you look at our standard tests. And so I'm running around with a glucose, a fasted glucose at 81 and an A1C of 5.1, but a fasted blood insulin of 15. Right. So that something's still wrong, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I still have healing to do. There's still work to be done. At the same time, my body does wear a cape when it comes to secreting insulin. It's like, yeah, yeah. You, that's my superpower. So well. that's that's going to be my challenge, right? Is is trying to figure that out. And it's really hard because I love pastries and cookies. I know. See, that doesn't seem fair <laughs> at all. <laughs> so anyway, to, so to add to all of that, so the my emo, the my mind body emotional body connection from when I was little, right? I I always knew I was chunky, shopped for husky clothes. Mm -hmm. You know, that's always, that's never fun as a kid. Um, And I remember I was maybe five or six saying, gosh, I'm starving. And my dad looking at me and saying, you don't look like you're starving. Well, that has stuck with me now for 50 years, right? He didn't, he didn't mean anything horrible by it, but it, it, that's where it stuck, you know, and it's, it's made it, it's made a difference forever. I remember being told I was from strong stock. So I'm, I'm not a small person. There's not a petite thing on my body. I'm five foot eight. I've got a size 11 foot, a seven and a half inch wrist, a size nine ring finger. I mean, I, I'm, I'm muscular. There's nothing petite about me at all. So I've always carried my weight well, if you will. I've got a long torso and short little T-Rex legs, but having that long (laughs) torso and carrying mostly visceral and abdominal fat. I did carry it well because it kind of stretched it out right. a little bit. My dad battled his weight just like me. I am my dad with boobs. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. it. I mean, I'm built like him. I look like him. We have the same health stuff. It's just, thanks, dad. My mom was, <laughs> <laughs> like you, my mom was a dancer. And she was always, she was always very aware of her weight. But she was, she was never obese. She was, you know, as she got older, she got a little chunkier. But she was always battling it. Even when she right. was skinny mini, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. she was she was always on a diet and always aware of it. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for clean eating, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, responsibly sourced proteins, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that fit in beautifully to my cleanish lifestyle, and the food is totally window-worthy. Tonight, we're having barbecue sweet potato tacos with cabbage and carrot slaw, black beans, corn, and cheesy tortillas, and they come with Green Chef's chimichurri sauce. 
so good. Go to greenchef.com slash ifstories50 and use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com slash ifstories50. And don't forget to use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That, um, those dancers, they had to, right? Because yeah. you were wearing those leotards and tights and yep. everything showed. It was all out there. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. And my grandmother, my dad's mom, now this could be because my dad was always battling with his weight, but she was always talking about how slim and nice people looked. And mm-hmm. she never commented on how I looked unless I had lost weight. And then she was she would tell me I was looking trim. So it was just I was just always aware, right? It's constant and that was- reinforcement of the message that slim is what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. So I started sneaking food when I was a kid. And I was, you know, I would sneak the Snickers and I would sneak the cookies. I never tried to sneak a hard-boiled egg, but I was always <laughs> sneaking the snacks, you know. And so I kind of became a closet. I wouldn't say I wasn't a like a super binge eater, but I was a closet eater and I would do it with fast food as I got older and could drive, you know, I stopping at McDonald's, stopping at all the fast food places and eating. Good Lord. I look back, the amount of food that I could consume was almost overwhelming. And no wonder I I looked the way I did. And then I would, I would lose it. I would go, you know, low fat or I would go low carb or I would, I would make sure I spaced all five or six meals out over the entire day. And just based on calorie reduction, I would lose weight. My metabolism would slow down. I'd Mm -hmm. get down, I'd get those 50 pounds off and then I would relax because I was at where I was comfortable and then it would all come back on. And so I would just continue to repeat the cycle for forever, forever. My first diet was probably that I recall, I think it was in the seventh grade. So I think I was about 13 years old and I got one of those little pocket, pocket calorie counters. Yeah. Um, and I remember that I don't know where I got the number from, but I decided that a thousand calories was plenty and I went extreme. I mean, if a thousand was, and I don't, like I said, I pulled that number out of thin air. If I I decided if a thousand was the right answer, that if I only ate 700, that I would lose weight that much faster. And I got into some pretty unhealthy behaviors. I would exercise so that I could eat that cupcake after dinner, or I would eat little, little teeny tiny bits of something. I was really chasing some, some poor behaviors that kind of exacerbated a little bit in high school. And then, and then I, I recognized it because I had some friends who were, who were dealing with clinical anorexia. And I was like, oh, you know, maybe I'm, I might be knocking on that door and I don't, right. that's not a door I want to walk on. Well, it's or good that you on. recognized that, you know, because it, th- those behaviors are, they, they just slip up on you and then you're, you know, that you're just caught up in them. I remember my sister's brother-in-law was doing something at some point where she was like, he's got the best plan in the world. You like, just ride your exercise bike. So however many calories you eat, you ride your bike more. I'm like, that sounds amazing. Let's do that. I did no, that, that too. That does not sound amazing. <laughs> But I can remember like he'd come up with it and he was doing it and he was losing weight. It was working out. I mean, that math just does not keep going, right? (laughs) The math, your body's like on to you and not Mm -hmm. going like, oh, you're going to die. Let's really (laughs) dial back your metabolism so you can live. Then you're starving. Yep. Yeah. No, it's nuts. The whole thing's nuts. So I always, I think I usually would top out. At around 250 pounds. I remember when I got, the day I got pregnant, I weighed 254 pounds. 
and I lost weight in my pregnancy. My, my doctor was, he was a high risk doctor. That's a whole nother story from a health perspective. But when I was 16, I had a ruptured ovarian cyst and was put on the pill. And they told me that I would probably never be able to have babies. That that's kind of a lot wow. for a 16 year old to take in. And that if I did, it would have to go through a high risk doctor. Now in hindsight, I'm certain I had PCOS. I was just going to ask you that because you know, you had the, the cyst on your ovary. And, yeah. But nobody People? said, Hey, you might, you know, let's find out if you have PCOS and treat the P. Nope. Nope. There was none of that. We'll just even really talking about PCOS because I had I never heard of it until recently. And it just, now it's like so common. Everyone's talking about it. I wonder yeah. if it's just, you know, it was kind of like one of those things that people didn't really talk about. And now it's like everywhere because everyone is be. insulin resistant now. I mean, everyone wasn't and now they are. So yeah. But yeah, you know, when I look back at what I looked like as a mm-hmm. child and how easy it was for me to gain weight and how hard it was to lose weight and then the cysts and the right. irregular cycles, it's like I, I was a poster child for yep. PCOS, but they just fixed the symptom, right? Here, okay. you'll go on the pill and your cycle will be normal. <laughs> Let's not worry about all the rest of your body. Why right? is it happening? Who cares? We'll just, just make sure your cycle happens appropriately. <laughs> right, okay. right. So, (laughs) so when I would lose that 50 pounds, I would get down around 200 pounds. And it was like that, this is where I feel good, right? I would fit into normal size clothes. And it was, it was like, okay, I hit 200. And it was never like I needed to be in Wonderland. Mm -hmm. It was just, I would get down around 200 and I would relax. And then I could feel good for, you know, six, eight, nine, 12 months. And then the weight would start creeping back up. And usually if I hit 240, I'd be like, oh, you turn time. I, I need to get yep. get back on, get back on my little train. I get it. So, for me, it was clothing size. When I go, would get up to the 14, 16 world, that was when I'd be like, okay, no. Yeah. <laughs> then I would bring it back down. It was always the clothing that did it for me. But so you, when you were pregnant, you actually lost weight. What, what were you doing during that time? Just being um, careful I, with your food choices? Yeah, I was actually very much intuitive eating. I remember, mm-hmm. so my doctor was a high risk specialist and he was like, you know, this is an opportunity. Your body is going to be burning more calories. And in hindsight, it's interesting. He said, you've got plenty of fuel on your body to make sure that that baby's going to be healthy. He says, you don't have to gain the requisite 30 pounds. He said, this might be an opportunity, especially in your first trimester to lose some weight. And I ended up, I mean, I, I, I got very sick. Um, I had preeclampsia that went into full-blown eclampsia, pre, you know, a premature delivery, the, the whole nine, it was a hot mess. And I looked like, the, you know, the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man when I finally gave birth because I was carrying so much fluid. Mm-hmm. I literally lost 20 pounds of fluid wow. after I gave birth to my little under two pound peanut of a baby. But overall, over the pregnancy, I lost 35 pounds. And so I came out of the pregnancy actually after all of that, that the cure for preeclampsia or eclampsia is delivering the child and hoping, mm-hmm. hoping that the mother lives through the whole process. Luckily, we both lived. So here we are to talk about it. But I, I came out of that in a pretty healthy place, but in an unhealthy relationship. So it, again, the, the mental health kind of just fed all the rest of it. And, and off I went back onto my yo-yo and, and continued that. My son's 20 now. So another, you know, decade and a half of, of playing that game. So when I, I guess probably over the last, I started IF in 2019. So probably around 2010 was when I first was told that I was pre-diabetic and they wanted to put me on metformin 
And I was like, well, that's ridiculous. I was like, I can certainly fix this. Like I can lose weight. I know I can lose weight. So I did. I was like, no, I'm not going on metformin. I'm going to lose weight. And, and I did. And I got my A1C down and everybody was happy. And then, you know, Stephen was a three sport athlete. I was a single mom. We were driving all over the world and back to go to all of his different events, get him to school and eating fast food all the time and everything ballooned back up. And at one point, Stephen had hurt himself and we were at the doctor's office. We shared a doctor's office, but not the same doctor. And my doctor saw me with him and he goes, can we do a real quick A1C? And I looked at him and I go, no. (laughs) I was like, I know what I look like. I know I'm a hot mess. No, we both know that my A1C is up. I don't want to. And so, and he just left me alone then, which was good because I was, I was in no mood to talk about myself at that point. (laughs) Uh, But I I ended up following up, going back to the doctor and, and they, they did put me on the metformin and that did kind of, it brought it down to a, a, for a type two diabetic, I was in a safe range, but it Mm -hmm. certainly was not an optimal range. So I played that game for quite a while. My, I, the bottom line, I had full blown metabolic syndrome, but nobody ever said, Hey, Stace, you have metabolic syndrome. They said, you're type two diabetic. We need to give you metformin. And I also had a high blood pressure and had had it since I was 20. I mean, it is genetic. I could be in the best condition of my life. I would, you know, I was mountain biking a hundred miles, a single track a week. My weight was down. My blood pressure was still up if I wasn't Mm -hmm. on my medication. So thanks dad again. I got his shoulders (laughs) and his blood pressure. (laughs) Yeah. But my, my cholesterol was up and not super high, but it was, and my triglycerides were high. I had, no one ever said I had a fatty liver, but my liver enzymes were elevated and nobody said, Hey, you have a fatty liver and this is why, and this is what you need to do. They just said, your enzymes are up. Well, I'm not a doctor. What What am I supposed to do with that? Exactly. Right? My I had reduced kidney function. Okay. What does that mean? What am I supposed to do with that? Like, I, there was just it was just like here's your labs, here's your here's your prescriptions. And wow. Uh, okay. So then when I read Doctor Fung's book, it that was why I got so mad. One, it was my background was so strong in nutrition and sports medicine. And I thought I knew the right way. And then I'm getting all these labs. And yes, my eating's out of control and I'm not exercising the way I should. But literally my whole body is is shutting down and nobody is raising a flag telling me how to fix it other than eat less, move more, you know. And, and then I read Dr. Fung's book and I'm like, it's all just, it's a lie. It's a big old lie. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, probably... You know, not to not to be in defense of the medical field, but a little bit because that's probably all day long, every day. They're just seeing the same things all day, every day. They're seeing people with the same exact problems, and they they and they were probably the same thing. I was don't know. That's what I was going to say. They don't know how to fix it either. They said so yeah. they just know more medication is, is well. We're now we're going to do this medication. Now we're going to do that medication, and they don't they don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not so, their fault. It's the system no. that's broken. Yeah. So when I, you're, you're absolutely right. It is the system. And so I read Dr. Fung's book, got all kinds of fired up. And so that was in September of 2019. And I started, I started fasting. I had not read Fast, Feast, Repeat or Delay, Don't Deny yet. Didn't know who Jen Stevens was. Mm-hmm. I was just, I would, and luckily I have a science brain and I've got a medical background. So reading the obesity code was not a challenge for me at all. It was, I was devouring it. 
And I started fasting and I just jumped in with like an 18.6, but I was still putting cream in my coffee. So let me tell you, I love a little coffee with my hazelnut creamer. So yeah. when, when I first, probably before, it was before I started fasting, it was in August. I, I just started doing some of my same old stuff, right? Cutting some calories, cutting down the fats. And I was trying to get some processed food and sugar out of my diet. So I was like, okay, the creamer's got to go. So I went to heavy cream and stevia and I was weaning myself off of the stevia when I read the obesity code. And then I was like, okay, stevia's out. So it's just heavy cream. And I was just going to, you know, lower and lower amounts of heavy cream, but I was still using that. And I naturally kind of pushed my breakfast to around 10 a.m. Um, again, this was pre-reading the book. So I didn't know about fasting yet, but just intuitively, I wasn't hungry. So mm -hmm. I waited until about 10. And I was usually done. At that point, I was usually done eating by about six o'clock. So I had it like an eight-hour window before I was fasting, not thinking I was fasting. And then I read the book and I cut that back to six hours. Mm -hmm. So I was probably at about 250 pounds at that point. And I don't know because I stopped weighing myself. I would go to the doctor and turn my back on the scale. I didn't, I didn't want to know. I was just, I was just frustrated, but I didn't feel good. Right. And I didn't feel good because my body was a train wreck. And in hindsight, after reading his book, I started going back and I pieced together my labs over the last 10 years. And it was like, oh, Wow. And nobody had ever sat down with me and said, here's your trends. You know, let's, right. let's look at the why. So glad I have an intuitive mind and, and wanted to do that work for myself. So I just think that's so interesting because that's what I would want to, I mean, maybe it's my educator mind. I'm not sure my being a teacher, like the trend is so important that my mathematical mind, but I would want to, if I were a doctor, I would want to look at the trends with the patient and mm -hmm. say, look what your A1C is doing over time. Look what your liver enzymes, that's, this is what that means. Yeah. You can't assume so this is knows. what that means is what this so is what important. that means. Yeah. If you and don't know the why. <laughs> right. And this is what you can do to bring it down. And this is what's going to happen if you don't bring it down. And that's what, you know, the, the knowledge is so important. Yeah. And it's getting out there, right? Yeah. With with you and with Dr. Fung and all of the communities and people talking, it is getting out there. And they, we'll get to that here in, in just a minute. But so when I started IF in September, September 26th of 2019, I was probably down to about 235 pounds by then. I had dropped 15 pounds of inflammation and bloat and whatnot, just from kind of cleaning up my eating and mm -hmm. getting a lot of the sugars and processed foods out. So I got comfortable with a 24 pretty quick. So I, I purposefully went to 18.6 after reading the obesity code. Um, it really kind of recentered me in terms of carbohydrates and, and my insulin response. And since I had already reduced my sugar and carb intake, I, I was seeing some, some benefits from that. And so I got comfortable with a 24 super, super quick. And on special occasions, I would go longer and stuff. And I loved that I had the flexibility of it. And so my son and I were driving down to Southern California to see my sister for Christmas. So that would have been December of 2019. And we were, we, we split up the drive cause he wasn't, he wasn't legal to drive yet. So I was like, I'm not making this 14 hour drive in one shot. So it was, you know, drive half of it the first day, spend the night and then drive the second half. And he, you know, he wanted fast food. That's all he wanted. And I was like, I'm not eating fast food. So that was my first foray into an extended fast Without even meaning to, I just was unwilling to eat the food that he wanted to eat. So I was like, I'm good. I'll just, I'll just have. I would food. rather not eat at all than yeah. eat that. 
I'll have water and coffee. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, not a big deal. So I, I think I, I think my first extended fast was something somewhere around 55 hours. Cause we had left early in the morning. I hadn't eaten since the night before drove, spent the night in a hotel, drove, got to my sister's and it was like, Oh, that was easy. You know, mm-hmm. I was busy driving. We were talking, we were listening to music. I'm drinking coffee, black at that point and water. And I was like, Oh, this is a piece of cake, right? So uh, all was good. So by Christmas, I was down to 196.8. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was just starting the fasting and I still wasn't completely clean fasting. There was still a little bit of cream in Mm -hmm. my coffee at that point. But you had not yet come across the delight on deny or any of that yet. I hadn't done, I was so into Dr. Fung's research that I followed him on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And And he's great. I love him. But except for that cream in the coffee. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But he's just so funny and relatable. You know, he's like, our bodies aren't stupid. You're not going to die. I'm like, I love that the doctor is just this Uh blatant, right? It was just fantastic. So I found Fast Feast Repeat on Amazon and ordered it on the 26th of 2019 and i got that right after i got home now from- that has to be that had to have been delayed on tonight because fast easter pete came out in june of 2020 oh then it was 2020 i got oh, my okay confused okay so this was 2020 all right yeah yep yeah all right you're so right December, yeah. yeah well i was just like well i don't yeah, know no, you're right <laughs> did you I found, no yeah yeah no, i found delay don't deny after fast feast repeat okay so, okay so, so yeah december of now. 2020 yeah yeah and that was when I was down to 196.8. Okay. So I think it I think that whole process took me about a year to yep, get, that makes sense. get down about 50 pounds. And then in I got to my very lowest ever that I think I can remember, like ever since high school. I was at 186.8, which was, you know, 14 pounds, 13 pounds lower than I'd ever gotten before. And it was like, oh my God, I've arrived. I haven't self-sabotaged myself at this 200 point. And I was feeling really good. And I had met my uh, my now partner who who we live together. Um, I had met him in November. When I met him in November of 2019. When was nope? No, I met him in November of 2020. Yeah, so everything's right, a blur uh, with all the, the really COVID is. and everything, right? I'm like, I don't yeah. even know where I am. Yeah, it I really get that. Yeah, crazy. So we had met in November of 2020. And then February of 2020, I was down to just about 187 pounds. In 2021, February of 2021. Yes. Around 187. All right. So by then you had read Fast Feast Repeat. Yep. And I was all about the clean fat. Like Good. The, the rest of the puzzle came together for me. And it was just like, oh, hallelujah. I it, Not only does the science of Dr. Fung make sense, but now the science of the clean fast and what's really happening Every time, I mean, I got, I got super crazy about, you know, like, do I need to use baking soda for my toothpaste? And, and then I kind of, <laughs> no. I settled down. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> people, people sometimes ask that. I'm like, no, you really, really don't. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I kind of settled the whole thing. Unless down you're brushing bit. once an hour. I mean, I don't think yeah. I'd do that or like no, every five minutes. Today with some mint is not there that big go. of a deal. Yeah. So, <laughs> so over the course of a year from, from 20 from February of 2020 to March of 2021 that was really kind of our honeymoon if you will that was our first year together and and I put on I, I got back up to 200 pounds so okay we were eating out a lot we were going out my windows were all over the place because we were busy drinking wine and so after hitting 
the 200, I was like, no, I, this is not okay. I need to refocus. And he was very aware of the intermittent fasting lifestyle. He thought it was nuts. So he's a, <laughs> he was a big guy. Or he is a big guy, six, four and outdoor laborers, a landscape designer just does absolutely gorgeous work, but he works a physical job and he was probably 275 or 280 when we met. And again, broad shoulders, huge, you know, body frame, carried it well. Did he have some weight to lose? Yeah, but it wasn't a big deal. And he was like, this thing you do, he's like, I will absolutely support it for you, but that's not me. I'm like, whatever, you don't have to do what I'm doing, you know? Right. Well, he decided in February of 21, we had been together for a year that he was going to give it a shot. And the first thing he did was I, I told him, I'm like, you're already almost doing it, but you've got creamer in your coffee. And I said, if you'll just cut out the creamer in your coffee and make no other changes, you will literally be intermittent fasting. Yeah. Because he wouldn't, he wouldn't eat until he got done with work in the afternoon. And I'm like, just try it. And so we did. And two months later, he's down 40 pounds. See, you know, it's that like is not okay. That right there. There, that is it. There are people who poo-poo the whole clean fast and they're like, no, it's just, it's just, you know, whatever. <laughs> just cutting out the creamer and he's down 40 pounds. Yeah. Just not okay <laughs> with me at all. But <laughs> no, darn it. <laughs> right. He has been so he's been living our intermittent fasting lifestyle now for 18 months. He still eats his pizza, he still drinks his beer. And it's all within his window. And he's like, yeah, I could lose another 10 to 20 pounds. I'm not sure if I want to work that hard. I'm like, that's fair. I get it. You do you. You know, I whatever works for you. That's great. That's my philosophy really true, truth, truthfully, because I want to live a lifestyle that I enjoy. Yeah. And it's cleanish, right? It's mm-hmm. My fast is completely clean, but the, the window is cleanish. And I don't want to. I mean, you know, sometimes there's a lot of pressure in being Jen Stevens. Oh, of course. You know, like some people were coming to the beach house that um, were in my community and I was wearing my bathing suit. I was like, you know, I'm wearing my bathing suit. I'm going to swim in the ocean later. And Chad's like, you're not going to let them see your legs in your bathing suit. I'm like, yeah. I am. Still you. I mean, but he thought I should like cover up and be skinnier or something. I don't. I'm like, no, this is what I look like. It's like when I went on cruises, I didn't like cover my whole body in shrouds and you know, this – but I'm not willing to live a life where I am like restricting all the time so that I can be skinnier. Well, and that's what makes that's what makes you so relatable to all of us, right? It's like you've you discovered this great thing, mm-hmm. you threw it out there for the world to see. You're there as a community support and and just teaching real. And you yeah. are more than happy to show up and be real gin. Not yeah, like I mean, you can look at my wavy thighs and everything and, right. else. No. <laughs> These are my wavy thighs. And you yeah. know, if I decided I'd, I I could lose more weight and be slimmer and trimmer, I could. You know, you can put, tuck a lot of stuff into size zero jeans. <laughs> <laughs> but are you healthy and happy right now where you're at? Yes. Then that's what matters. That's right? all that matters. And yeah. and you know, we, we just have this whole messed up idea about how we're supposed to look. And and then Chad has it uh, too. He doesn't think I look the way that Jen Stevens should look, I guess. Like, well, well. <laughs> That's you should have it figured out by now. To well, be I mean, yeah. I know how to do it. I could absolutely, absolutely. lose more weight. I know how I could, but I don't want to. I'm happy. Yeah. I want to. <laughs> yeah. So, so then, so everything was fine, right? I, I recommitted. He he jumped on the bandwagon with me. I got back down, you know, to 182.8, which was 
that was the lowest I've ever been. And that was last July. So July of 21. And I decided that it was time for me to find a new job. I w- had been getting bored at the job that I was at. And I, I, I didn't see myself sitting there for another 10 years. And it was like, I've got 10 years till retirement. I'm going to go see if I can find something different. That's a little, get me a little more excited each day. And Oh Lord have mercy. I, so I went on this search. There were two jobs that I was offered in the same period of time. I made the choice that I thought was the right choice for me. And I started November 1st of 21. And long story short, that culture was not for me. It, yeah. I, I had worked fast pace, high stress corporate jobs before, and I thrived in them. This one was exceptional. Um, 16-hour days were the, were the norm. Wow. I was on the phone with suppliers the day before Christmas. I was working weekends. I mean, 80-hour weeks. It was it was nuts. And it was and it was from home. I had always been in an office, even through COVID. You know, we were manufacturing is, is special that way. You are required to be there. And mm-hmm. in this instance, I was working from home. So I was trying to onboard into a huge company from home. Um, I, it was a big job, certainly not bigger than anything I was capable of, but I didn't, there was, the training wasn't there. The support wasn't there. Just here, go do right. And just keep working harder and harder and harder. And I had meetings scheduled for 12 to 13 hours a day. I had 20 people under me across three different countries. And I, I was, I've never had anxiety before. I have a a special place in my heart now for folks who have anxiety disorder because I experienced it so firsthand. And I were juggling more balls than you could juggle. I just couldn't imagine living like that every day Mm -hmm. in my life. And, and to be honest, what, I mean, I wasn't walking. I had been used to walking every day at lunches and, and, or on breaks. I had to schedule time to go to the restroom to relieve my bladder. I mean, it was, I was at my desk in my office at six o'clock every morning and I would, I would get off of my desk at eight o'clock at night and I would break down in tears for an hour Mm -hmm. and go to bed and rinse and repeat. And it was, my sleep was disrupted. I wasn't exercising. I wasn't eating properly. I was grabbing whatever I could. And I ended up on medical leave. Um, Can I just tell you, I mean, I know it's a little bit different, but that reminds me of how I felt when I was trying to manage the large Facebook groups. I bet. That kind of anxiety. Because you want to do it all well. I would wake up in the morning and put my eyeballs on it. And Mm -hmm. it was all day long. Close my eyes at night. Dream about it. Problems would occur while I was sleeping. I would wake up and have to manage them. Like someone was mad in another time zone while I was sleeping. But I had to still wake up and deal with it. And it all reflected on me every second. If someone was mad, it was because I didn't have the right moderator. I mean, I'm not blaming the moderators, but that's how people perceived it. Right. Yeah. I can't imagine Jen would have a moderator who would say that. I mean, people are people. They're volunteers. These moderators are volunteers. But, yeah. oh, the anxiety of it. I just had to throw that in. And people don't understand how when you're on that treadmill, whether it's your work like you were doing or, or what I was doing, or your home, you just you can't you just can't live. Well, and if you are a person who holds themselves to a high standard. Yeah. Like you always want to do the best that you can. Yeah. There's some people in this world that are happy with mediocrity and God bless They'd be them. fine with it. But you had those 20 fine. people under you. If they made a mistake, you felt bad. Well, and I had to follow up on it and exactly. fix it and correct it and yeah. train and do all the things. So anyway, it was just a hot mess. So yep. I ended up going on a medical leave in March. So we'll go back. So in July, I was at 182.2. In January, so I'd been in the new job now for three months. I was up to 198.2. 
I, I literally shut my laptop and went to my doctor in March. And in April, my weight had gone up to 209. And wow. I was a train wreck. I mean, everything, all the healing that I had done, I could feel it. We had run tests in January. My metabolic numbers were going way in the wrong direction and fast. I mean, it was just, it was in hindsight, it was a tremendous picture of what our body is capable of doing in either direction, right? right? Like the level of stress that I was under, my body was responding in all the ways that it knew, right? It went mm-hmm. back to its comfort zone, which was an unhealthy zone, but it went back to its comfort zone. So in that time period, once I got healthy, it took me probably eight weeks to even think about looking for another job. I was still on medical leave and it was like they, every time I thought about going back to that job, I would have an anxiety reaction. And it's like, my doctor looks at me, she's like, have you considered looking for another job? I was like, yes, I I just need to get to where I can actually read a LinkedIn ad and not cry. Right. So I did a lot of work, took, took about 10 weeks to get myself all the way back together. And I ended up starting a new job this last May, which has been tremendous. It's another corporation. It's still manufacturing. It's a startup. It's what I know. It's got all the good stress. It's got the great camaraderie. We're in the office and it's it's just a fantastic thing. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad. That, I mean, that just shows the, the effect that stress has on our bodies. It's not just suck it up, buttercup, right? right. It, you, you're, physically, things are going on. Yeah. And I always kind of thought I knew that. Like, oh, well, of course, right? But then I sat and, and looked at the test results and knew how I felt. And it was like, oh, no, this is legit. Like, my body is, we're not, I'm not okay. My, my brain's not okay. My body's responding equally not okay. So after the first month at that new job, I'd lost the inflammation and bloat and was back down to 200. And it was like, okay, I, I'm, I'm back where I know I can be comfortable, but I also know I can be way more comfortable about 18 pounds lower than this. And so, and I, for a month, I stayed right around 200 and I couldn't seem to move the needle anymore. Um, and in hindsight, after having gotten rid of the inflammation, my body's still healing, right? Yeah. So there's, there's that level of, I kind of recognize, got to give myself a little bit of grace. But at that time, my, my cortisol had gone up, you know, it was a rapid weight gain, my liver numbers had started adjusting again, not in the right direction. So it was like, okay, Stace, cool your jets. Like, just do what you know how to do. And that's what I did. And so um, in mid-July, I decided to try ADF. I had always thought ADF was just a little bit nuts. but And I had kind of tried it before and I was like, no way. I can't do this. I like to eat too much. Um, but I, I started it. And it turned into the easiest thing I've ever done. That makes me happy to hear. I hear that from so many people, you know. People are like, that sounds so hard. Oh, wait, I love it. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move 
or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. By the end of July, I was at 194.4. By last week, I was at 189.8. So and by the way, we're recording this in mid-August. So... So it and to me right now for what I'm trying to do I'm I'm trying to kind of trying to turbo boost my health is what I'm trying right. to do after the disaster that I put myself into and I also I mean for for my BMI and I lord knows I hate the BMI charts but I should be at 159 or lower for a healthy weight range. And I don't think I've ever been in, I'm pretty sure it came out of the womb at 170. <laughs> like, I've, I've never seen that, but I, and I would love to see it, but it's also not a huge number that is looming over me. In my mind, I think if I can get into the mid 170s, mm-hmm. low to mid 170s, I think I'll be pretty happy. If I can yeah, ever get into the one low, that sounds low for your, your body frame. I mean, I know that, you know, you've got a big frame, you've got big shoulders, yeah. broad shoulders. So, you know, I remember all those different like weight guides that we would look at mm-hmm. and what your weight supposed to be, your ideal weight, that whatever those charts were. And you, they had small frame, medium frame, large frame. Mm-hmm. Darn it. I have a small frame. So I'm always <laughs> supposed to be down on the low end of that. <laughs> right. But I mean, even on the BMI charts, I think normal for me could be 135 to 150. See, they don't take the frame into account at all. And, you know, like the Olympic athletes are obese on those, yeah. on yeah. the BMI. That's where the flaws in the BMI come in. It's just a very rough and, and it's not great for all frames. Yeah. So Definitely I'm just, not if you're, if you're got, you know, a big, big musculature and, yeah. you know, big skeleton. Yeah. So I'm, so now I'm just, I'm trying to get, to be honest, my goal right now is my fasting, my fasting insulin level. That's the number I care about. I love that goal. I really think that is the goal we should have. Yeah. That's, and and, I mean, I'm a, I'm a size 12. I wear, you know, a women's large top, sometimes an extra large, depends on how it's cut. Vanity pants, right? I can wear a yeah. 10 in vanity. I'm comfortable in a 12. I got a few 14s when I'm just slubbing around the house, you know, right. but it's, and I'm not super tied up in, in what the size is. I'm not super tied up in what my weight is. I'm tied up in what my insulin number is. Love that. So that that's what I'm chasing right now. And and for me right now, the ADF lifestyle has been even more freeing. Well, it's probably as freeing as IF was at the time that I discovered IF, but then it was like, IF became normal. So now it's like, oh, let me find a little more freedom. <laughs> right. Right. Now I don't have, I don't have to pack a lunch Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I don't mm-hmm. have to, you know, prep a week's worth of food on Sunday. On Monday night, I make sure I've got whatever I want for Tuesday and Thursday's meals at work. And, and it's, it just works for me. It's, it's easy. It's comfortable. And then I have about a seven to nine hour window on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, and closer to a six-hour window on Sunday. Saturday, Saturday's where I challenge myself mentally because I just kind of want to go do all the fun Saturday things, right. like scones. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, I get it. Cough, and the I cough, still shop. Yeah. And I still, I mean, I really, scones and cookies, you know, you always ask, where do you struggle? That That's where I struggle. And, but I still let myself have one mm-hmm. almost every week. Could I cut that out and probably be healthier? Yes. But I thoroughly enjoy when I'm sitting down with my coffee, my black coffee, there is nothing better than a cookie or a scone, you know, once I'm in my window and it's like, mm-hmm. nope, I enjoy that too much to just completely cut it out. So I do, I do allow myself that. But other than that, I try to keep sugar and processed carbs down just because I know I've got that superhero cape as far as yeah. right? And you, I had heard on a podcast, which now for you, it was probably a year ago that you recorded it, but I heard it um, just a, a couple of weeks ago about the walk into the forest, right? And the deeper you walk into the forest, the longer it takes you to walk back out. And before I turned 20, I was walking into that forest deeper and deeper and deeper. Mm -hmm. And I never got back to the edge of it, right? I was, I always just kind of, it was like, oh, there might be an edge out there, but I'm not really willing to step all the way out. And, and so that, that analogy, it, it gave me the grace to recognize that my own growth is my development and, and it's going to continue f- for the rest of my life. You know, it's not just, it's not just that I get to the edge of the forest and then I run it out, out into the meadow. No, nope, I'm going to be that those shadows are always going to be back there. And it's something that I'm always going to battle just because and it's I'm, easy to go back into the forest. It is. It's super easy, but it's also easy now knowing I've, I've turned myself back around twice. In three years where, you know, my windows got a little long. I had my new boyfriend. We were eating out. I was drinking a lot of wine. It was like, oh, wait, no, I I know what I need to do to fix it. And so I just went back to what I was doing with intermittent fasting. And then once I went through that whole truly kind of mental breakdown and anxiety Mm -hmm. situation with work, and I kind of got back down to that, my body set point of 200. And it was like, no, I know that I can be 20 pounds below this comfortably and I couldn't get there. And so it was like, oh, let me just check in my toolbox. There's ADF. Let me try yeah. it. Sounds crazy. But I tried it and it's like, oh, alrighty then. Hello. <laughs> and <laughs> and it- there is nothing better for getting your insulin down than than those longer fasts. When you do when you do ADF, do you do the full fast version of the down yep. day? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if I if I I think if I tried to dabble with a 500 calorie meal, I would just eat the world cuz it would just trigger that hunger. So yeah, no, yeah. I'm I, someone I just, uh, that you know when I when I did it. It's been a long time. I haven't had I haven't skipped a day of eating since 2016. But yeah. when I was doing it, I I did better without trying to eat a small meal because I like I'm a volume eater. 500 yeah. calories. You can do a lot with 500 calories. We've got some people in the community that do the 500 calorie version, and I'm always astonished at how great their meal looks and how yeah. satisfying it looks. But I also know myself that I would probably in the, be in the kitchen an hour later hungry. So. Yeah. Well, and I really do want to get the benefit I want the health benefit of the longer fast that's why I chose to you do really it. want to it get that insulin down yeah it wasn't for it I mean yes I did want the side benefit of losing the additional weight but I really wanted the health benefits of the longer fast and that's kind of where I'm going to hang out for now mm-hmm. you know and, and I know I can do whatever I want because it's it, it can be flexible but that that's what's working for me right now so well tweak it till it's easy and it feels good go. and that's what you're doing and it, it feels good and it feels easy you don't feel like you have to force it 
No, it's super easy. And it's and it's easy to to share it with other people. There I we've got neighbors that are like, You never eat when we're around. I was like, Oh, I eat. You just don't see me oh, on yeah, Tuesday Thursday. <laughs> it's just so funny to hear, you know, I can remember the early days in the um the delay don't deny advanced group. I mean, when I was talking the early days, like really early days of it. And you know, you had to read the book to be in the advanced group. That was it. But I remember at some point someone was talking about alternate daily fasting. This is way before Fast Feast Repeat came out. And somebody's like, we don't do that here. We have daily eating windows. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Back it up. (laughs) There is a chapter in Delay Don't Deny about ADF. I know most people are doing daily eating windows, but now it's just so funny because, and it really might have been Roxy coming in with the Mealist Mondays and the Delay Don't Deny groups when I was still on Facebook. And, you know, Mealless Monday suddenly became a thing. And then people are like a little more interested in the, in the ADF. And now it's like really there in the community yeah. to the point that people recognize it, it's, it's there. Mm-hmm. Some people yeah. aren't interested in doing it yet. Some people may never. That's okay, too. I don't do it. Maybe one day I will. I'm not sure. But. You might go on a road trip and you don't want to eat any of the food. Maybe <laughs> that could certainly happen, but you know, it's just so funny from that day that we said, "Oh, we don't do we don't do that here. That is not the way." Jen- I'm like, "Wait a minute, no." <laughs> anyway, too funny. So I'm glad that you're loving it, though. Yes, That's the best I part. I am. I and I, you know, I in terms of things that I struggle with, I told you pastries and cookies, ice cream. I could eat it every night, but I don't. And I heard you say one time that now you you make yourself go out for ice cream. So I I have adopted that, that rule. Yeah, I'm like. Nope, the stuff in the freezer, that's for Reed. I, I, I have to, if I'm going to have ice cream, it's going to be an on-purpose trip into town. Well, so. you know, I say that, but there I was I was going to the grocery store and getting Jenny's ice cream. They have this flavor. It is buttermilk ice cream Ooh. with pieces of biscuits and Georgia peaches. Oh, yum. I can't buy it. It's like crack. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way I feel about cheese and caramel popcorn. Uh, like, I get no, it. I, I mean, I literally cannot away. buy that delicious Jenny's ice cream. I guess I could buy it if a bunch of people were there. We're all going to share it. But otherwise, it is just it's just that perfect blend and the biscuits in there, and it just uh, it goes down too easy. So that's, that's what funny. I struggle with. Yeah, <laughs> and and the other one that I touched on it when I was talking about the job is not being perfect, right? I mm-hmm. I have I've really let go of a lot of that self pressure through various things in my life, through various things at work, like. None of us are perfect, and so including me, right? Yep. But it, it it took me a long time time it's, to get there. It, you know, we we think that we have to be perfect to be healthy, but the opposite is true. If you try to be perfect, you cannot be healthy because it's just it's like you're trapping yourself in yeah. in this whole because perfection is really an illusion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, NSVs, I just have such a healthier relationship with food. I don't, I don't sneak it anymore. I know kind of where I need to be careful, where I can go whole hog. I still binge a little bit if I've over-restricted and then mm-hmm. I recognize that I've over-restricted and it's not a true binge. It's more just an overeating of some carbs and then I feel a little bit sick and I get and all puffy like, oh, the next I'm, day. I, that's why, you know why. Yeah. Yeah. And the next day I'm like, oh, look at your face. Yeah, you probably shouldn't have done that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Bags under my eyes and whatnot. And my taste buds have t- completely changed. I love black coffee. I love the bitter vegetables. I'm super sensitive to sugar. You know, there's that great cookie company out there that has their $5 cookies that I would probably eat in, in huge amounts if I was back in my old life. But they're too sweet. I don't even enjoy them anymore. See, that's is, is it, what is that cookie content? Name it. What is it? Crumble. Okay, so I've never eaten there. 
I've never uh, been to a They might not have home. them back east yet. We do have them. Okay. We do have them. Yeah, I, I thought that. Was, I couldn't think of the name of it because we there's one here at the beach, and they just got one in Augusta or something, I think. They're but I've everywhere. never been there. But cookies are just one of those things. I figured out as a little girl that, you know, after going through Zoe, I know I have a, a poor blood sugar response. But I figured that out as a little girl that things like cookies didn't make me feel great. Oh, see, I, I like just them. love to eat them. <laughs> I love to eat them. I yeah. love them, but I just, I don't, I don't seek them out. That's just one of those things I don't seek out. But yeah, I thought you were probably talking about crumble because everybody's talking about them. <laughs> oh yeah. And I just got to say, have you tried cauliflower yet? No, Again? not yet. Okay. Still so not yet. That podcast just came out where I was talking about cauliflower. Roast it. Okay. Break it up. Toss it in olive oil and salt and pepper. Roast it. If you're feeling indulgent, drizzle a little balsamic glaze okay. at the end. I'm telling you, it's it like snack it. food. It's delicious. Okay, I do need to try. I actually, people emailed me about cauliflower after that episode <laughs> came out. They're like, here's a recipe. Try this. Try this. I'm like, that is, I love the community. Y'all are awesome. Thank you, That's everybody who, who did. They all want Jen to eat cauliflower. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll like it. I understand yeah. why you don't want to try it, but I think you need to give it another All right. I, I swear it was that cauliflower mashed potato incident that ruined it for me. It you probably would have ruined it for me, too, I like, after Ugh. I heard you describe it. <laughs> Okay, cauliflower for the sake of cauliflower, not cauliflower pretending to be something else. Yeah. And, okay. and my, my biggest NSV is I was able to change my life because I changed my health. I'm more active. I'm more open. I'm less judgmental. I'm happier. My lows aren't as low. They don't last as long. I, I'm just a happier, happier healthier That's person. powerful. It is. And, you know, you haven't, like, solved all of your problems. You're still a work in progress. Yep. And, and I will be till the day I die. Yeah, that's the best part of it. And you're just, you're living your life and you're feeling good and you know how to reverse course. Yep. You're heading towards that f- the edge of the forest. Yep, I am. And maybe one day I'll see it. And maybe I won't. Who knows, right? Yeah. But I, I just know that I feel good and each day I'm trying to do a little bit better. Yeah, that that's what matters. And I, I just love it hearing, hearing that it, you know – it's been a while since you first emailed about wanting to come on the podcast. And if we had if we had been able to record the day that you first emailed, there would be a lot of the story missing, right? Oh, a huge chunk of it. The the two ups and downs w- would have been missing and knowing that I can that I can just tighten up a window or really look at what I'm putting into my body in that window and look at what my body's dealing with if there's mm-hmm. been a lot of mental stress that my body is responding in a way that is showing on the scale or in the way my clothes fit because my cortisol's elevated and right. my body's releasing more, more insulin and I'm not able to eat as much as I normally would have because my body's respond, my chemistry's different at that time yeah. in my life. So that's huge. But recognizing that it's, it's stuff going on in your body and it's not that you're failing or no. you or intermittent fasting stopped working. Oh, it stopped working. No, <laughs> it never no. stops working. <laughs> it never stops working. But other things are going on. There are just so many variables. You know, yeah. Dr. Fung always says obesity is multifactorial. It is. And absolutely. so to solve it, you can't just have one tool. Mm-hmm. You have to look at the big picture of your body and, okay, what's different? What's changing? What's – and you might not be have changed anything of what you're putting in, and that's the part that can be challenging. People are like, well, I'm still eating exactly the same way. I'm still doing all these – but other variables have changed. Like Absolutely. for me, the variable of menopause, the variable oh, of – and then uh, there's that. Yeah, yeah, we didn't even go down that road. <laughs> 
the hormonal changes that go on. That's a variable, you know, and having COVID is a variable for a lot of people that suddenly they are having struggling with their weight after COVID when they weren't before. Just so many things. But, you know, you have to work with the body that you have on the day that you have it. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's all you got. (laughs) That's it. That's exactly right. We are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? And you have like one minute. Okay. Let the lifestyle develop. You're teaching yourself new and better ways to live. Don't force it. Some things will click and some things will take longer um, and some may never click and that's okay. Live your life and your journey. Don't try to force it. Just allow it to develop and give yourself the grace to do you. Um, you'll do things you wish you hadn't. You'll probably look harder at doing the same things again, and you still might do it again. And that's, that's okay. true. You will do it again. Yeah. <laughs> and if you didn't take formal before pictures, take a right now picture. Yeah. That's all you've got is right now. So go take a right now picture. It doesn't have to be in shorts and a bra top. It can, my before picture is from outside of a stadium and mm-hmm. it is crystal clear that I am unhealthy and puffy and obese. It, it didn't need to be staged, right? Yeah. Just take a picture of where you're at right now or find a picture from previously it just take pictures because it yeah, is important. Th- that's huge because then you can really really see the difference yeah and and nothing is more striking than seeing that change in your face and the way you're holding yourself and just your eyes get bigger just everything yeah, yeah it's because your face got smaller <laughs> that's right <laughs> and the inflammation went down Absolutely. well stacy this has been so much fun thank you so much for telling your story today thank you i've had a great time i really appreciate it Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.